0: If the Bible's got
1: you tied in knots, if you're burdened with religious thoughts,
2: come grab a drink and join the choir. It's Heretic Happy Hour.
0: Hello, listeners. You know, in these trying and uncertain times, sometimes you just need to pour yourself a nice drink of something, sit down, put on your headphones, kick back, and Listen to three numbskulls talk about stuff that they think they know what they're talking about, but, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but it kills some time and it takes your mind off of the global pandemic that might kill us all. So, hi, I'm Keith and welcome to the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, everyone around you is healthy and strong and safe and everything else. Um, So, hey, uh, welcome. I I, I am uh, one of the three co-hosts of the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. We are knee deep, actually almost near the end here of a series we're doing called Let's Get Metaphysical, and uh, we have another awesome one for you today. And uh, I want to introduce, uh, or have them introduce themselves, my friends Jamal and Matt. Say hi.
3: Hi, friends. My name is Jamal Javanchi. It is a pleasure to be back on the Heretic Happy Hour podcast with you all. I am the author of Living for a Living, which which was actually the most a recent book that I've released. Uh, I am not like my other co-hosts who are, who just man pump them out uh, every week or so. Um, (laughs) My latest latest book came out a year ago, uh, April actually was April 15th of 2019. So it's now available as Kindle for 99 cents, uh, paperback and also audible as an audio book as well. So great to be back. By the way, I just want to shout out, I know we're in a pandemic but uh, a, little, a little reminder of normalcy is that sports is still going on. The NFL draft was last night. The Buckeyes became the number one school in history, in American history, to have the school with the most number one NFL draft picks, with at least 82 oh. number one picks. So that's an accomplishment because uh, Michigan hasn't gotten hardly any of those. Oh,
4: my you know? God. So Who the wonder. hell cares? Are, are you an Ohio State fan? I thought you were a Michigan fan. Let yeah, me tell her. I thought you were Wolverine,
0: missing Wolverine's No, all no, white? no. Oh.
3: Shots fired. Good, good. Oh, shout out. I'm a town school.
0: Well, you know, at least there's some good in the world, right? That's yeah. good. That's good to know. And by the way, you know, for some people, I just want you to say. I want you to know this is my thing. I mean, quantity is job one.
4: Yeah. I well, I guess is that why you write <laughs> so That's many right. books?
0: That's right. I got. I it's, it's all about the quantity.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, I try to write quality. Uh, my name's Matt. Uh and I, I don't know about Keith, but I try to pump out quality, even though I admitted the other day <laughs> that I I hate one of my books. And yes, you did say that. I don't hate the latest one, the Bonfire Sessions, which I know it's been a little bit since it, since it came out, but I was really shocked to see it as a number one new release in Theology. So if you haven't oh. picked up the Bonfire Ses- Sessions, I can't even say it, uh, do so now. It's only 99 cents on Kindle and I think it's gonna stay that way just because I like y'all. But before we Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get into it today, we of course have a word from our sponsor, which is Wild Foods and their website, if you are super stoked about high quality, uh, no artificial flavorings, a bunch of ingredients that are great for you sourced from small batch types of foods, head over to wildfoods.co. I just got I'm excited about uh, I got some hemp protein from them and and sometimes i don't like protein powder but this one was really good it tasted really good i think it was like the vanilla chai my daughter's been um making like shakes for my wife and i which is awesome so uh and our listeners bonus to all of their great stuff is our listeners get to use the promo code happy hour 12 happy hour one two when you check out for 12 percent off so go do that love (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, children. Wildfoods.co.
0: Yeah. Are you in like a daycare in your house? You know, like right now, what's going on?
4: Yeah. Well, that's my side, that's my side hustle right now because of this quarantine. So I got, I got people. No, get there? Bunch yes. Of
3: kids. No, I, I do. I do think it's, um, I do think it's important uh, again, not to, not to piggyback off the, well, I do want to piggyback off our of our sponsor because it's important. Obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic, but one of the things I wish healthcare professionals would do in our country um, is that they would actually tell people um, a very, a proven way that we can actually protect ourselves from viruses and sicknesses. And that is to boost the immune system because your immune system, I know it's, it's controversial these days, but it's really like, uh, it's the only thing you really have that it's actually worked a hundred percent of the time. A hundred percent of the people that have survived the coronavirus have survived it because of their own immune system. Now they may have had some help along the way, but it's, if you don't have immune system, you don't live. So our healthcare professionals, one of the things I'm really disappointed with is that, and it's, it wouldn't, it doesn't take somebody with eight years of a medical degree to tell you very simple things to do to boost your immune system that will actually protect you from a virus. And uh, that is things like, you know, eating whole, uh, whole foods is eating, eating, uh, make sure you're taking your vitamins, make sure you're boosting, you know, things like vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin A, these are important things. So just, just, just a shout out, like I'm not a healthcare professional, but. I, I have a health, I have a body and uh, I'm somebody who's invested in my own health and, and encourage our listeners to do that too. And not just take the cues from the professionals.
0: Yeah. And you know what, if you don't have an immune system, get one because it's awesome. <laughs> totally. Okay. Somebody uh, somebody, cut, cut to the chase here. Save us. Well, <laughs> one, of, one
3: of the things I wanted to talk about, um, and if you, if this is your first time listening to the podcast. Um, you may not know this. And so uh, we really want you to know that we have a hotline. So just some news for you, breaking news. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, we have a hotline. The number is 240-343-7379. Again, 240-343-7379. And you can call that anytime and you can suggest things. Um, I heard there was somebody disgruntled uh, that called or maybe texted the hotline and said, we never respond to texts or we never get so i i apologize we try to get to every every text or every voicemail but uh we always appreciate people who call in no matter if we get to you on the show or not we appreciate your your text your voicemail so please do that um and uh we we appreciate that so we actually do have a voicemail today that we'd like to play can we queue that up
2: hi guys it's Susie calling from toronto canada i have a question for you um, I've been deconstructing and reconstructing for about five years, intently, intently, and um, I have a question for you about Joe Dispenza or teachers like him. Um, I recently started his program, one of his uh, like an online program, and he. Uh, I have multiple sclerosis, and I've I've gotten really serious about healing myself. And he seems like a really, really great place to to start and to go forward with, but um there were a couple of things that sort of were red flags for me. Um, he started talking about out of body experiences in his meditations and um visits from entities that I'm not totally comfortable with and i I don't know for sure why I'm not totally comfortable with it um but I'm wondering if my um following his program is possibly opening me up to, like, some dark spiritual forces. I don't know if that's possible, and I really wanted to get your guys' opinion on that and what your thoughts are on Joe Dispenza in particular and uh, teachers like him. I know he's considered to be pretty New Age, but I know that there's so many similarities between Christianity and New Age anyway, Um and, as I'm deconstructing and questioning everything, so if you guys can address this um at some point, that would be fantastic. Thank you guys so much your Your podcast is amazing and helping so many people and it's been essential on my journey as well anyway, thank you so much, and uh, I hope to hear about this from your podcast um soon. thank you so much bye
4: was uh, uh, first of all, thank you for that that was um a very interesting and a very uh, good uh, call into the hotline. I I don't personally know too much about Joe Dispenza. I think I've heard him maybe on Rogan's podcast once, but um, yeah. As far as the uh, I don't I I don't know. Where do you guys want to start with this? I I don't know much about him. I I, I don't believe in like dark forces that are like gonna in the traditional way that Christians do. Although I think you can, you know, dark thoughts can lead to those sort of things. So, but without having, without really knowing personally what dispense is all about, um, I can't really say.
3: Yes. Yes. Well, Dr. Joe dispense Yeah. I'm, f- I'm definitely familiar with him. Really huge. I actually uh, totally recommend him. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: total happy. He's, a, he's, a, he's somebody who, who I would consider to be qualified to. Uh, to speak about a lot of different subjects, but uh, he's, you know, well-educated. He's done a lot of graduate work and postgraduate work in neurology, neuroscience, brain function, chemistry, cellular biology, memory formation, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, he's done a lot of, uh, a lot of great work in the world. There's been a lot of people who have, um, and one of the things he tries to help people do is to, again, um, do work in this thing, this area called neuroplasticity, which really just changing Uh, your thought patterns and uh, understanding. um, I mean, a lot lot of work, uh, a lot of quantum science kind of work, but just really how to get a hold of your life. And um, a lot of folks have uh, experienced lots of healing, uh, just uh, physical healing, healings of different maladies and things like that. And uh, I mean, I can go on and on about things like that, but, um, but a lot of his, his, and it's a great, this is a great uh, voicemail for our topic today, which we'll get into, but um, he does talk a lot about just, just changing the frequency in the way our um our and, and he does a lot of work around connection of thought patterns and how we think and how we perceive self in 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 relation to our body see he was uh i mean he his he was uh, i think injured to the point where he was going to be paralyzed for life and was paralyzed and um you know through his own discoveries and his own healthcare breakthroughs and obviously he was completely his body was regenerated totally healed and then of course a lot you know tens of thousands of people have experienced. Uh, A lot of breakthroughs just from implementing some of the the teachings that he 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 offers. So I'm definitely a big fan of him. But to get to your caller, to get to the point of the caller, because there are some things that he, you know, again, he's he's what we would consider a mystic or someone who's in the metaphysical world. So he does talk about meditation, and he talks about, you know, in this you can you can talk to other beings, you know. So um, my thing with that is, um, again, this may go beyond. Uh, maybe what you're used to or experienced, that's fine. I always tell people to, to check in with themselves. You know, like, I don't think you're, you don't, you don't have to be afraid of uh, demons out there. That's not some a way that I like operate, but if something makes you uncomfortable um, that's important, you know, that's okay. If it makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to push yourself to go beyond something. I always, and I think I'm sure he would tell you this, that if there's something that he's maybe prescribing or telling you to do that doesn't, you're not really sure about or you or you don't have a sense of like trust like that, that may not be legitimate then it's probably not going to be healthy for you to engage in that mm. anyway so that's that's important there's no judgment in that it's just like hey if that's not resonating with you there's a no reason for it maybe you need to do some more research maybe you're not convinced that some of the things he's sharing is based on sound reasoning or science then maybe you need to do more research um, maybe you aren't yet at a at a place where this is something that would be a good fit for you. So if he's suggesting something that can leave you a little bit afraid, then I wouldn't push it. You don't have to, you don't have anything to prove, you know, it doesn't mean you're religious or stuck in the past or anything like that. It just may mean this isn't for you right now. And I would, I would leave it at that. Um, Unless maybe you can do some more research and come to a place where you feel comfortable with moving forward with some of the, some of the things that he's prescribing in his practices. So that's just what I would say about that.
4: Yeah. I think that's yeah. probably sound advice for anything, huh?
3: Sure. Yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that too. Thank you. Thanks Jamal for saying that too. Cause I, I, I mean, I don't know this guy at all, but I was even thinking though, when listening to her question, I thought, you know what, I hope, I mean, I, I think people should use caution no matter who they're listening to including me. I mean, I don't want any, I would hate for anybody just to like, say, well, Keith said it, it must be great. I'm just going to run in head first and trust everything without any questioning or thought. I mean, So absolutely you listen to yourself, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, experiencing things or even being encouraged to experience things that you're thinking, ah, this isn't, it's not working for me. This isn't a good thing for me. Um, then yeah, then you have, of course, absolutely exercise your own ability to say, yeah, I don't think so. And, uh, so yeah, I think it's good. I would encourage anyone to listen to themselves, listen to their own inner voice and spirit about anybody and anything that they're in, engaged in. If it's something good and if it's helping you, then do it. It's all, you know, go for it. If it's, if it's something that's troubling you and bothering you and putting you in a negative space, then, uh, yeah, you have an absolute permission to to stop. Right. So yeah.
4: that's right. Yeah. That's right. And speaking, speaking to listen to people, we got, we got a next, uh, we got a heretic of the week, don't we? It's the heretic of the week.
1: <laughs> Hello. My name is Kevin Miguel Garcia, and I am a heretic. Hi,
0: Hi, Kevin.
1: Kevin.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> weird. I like it so much. Oh. We, all,
4: oh. we always like we always like to kick this shit off with a bang. So no, there no, we are.
1: Then. You get, if, listen these times. We need all the laughter we can get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: No kidding.
4: Yes. Uh, it's, yeah. Ain't that the truth? Uh, so, Kevin, what we like to do with our guests right off the bat is since you introduced yourself as a heretic, why would you say that, and why would people consider you such?
1: Uh, why am I a heretic? Well, I believe in equal rights, so there's that 's one thing apparently mm-hmm. um, how dare you i believe <laughs> uh, I believe that I should not have to. I believe that healthcare is a human right. That's one, mm-hmm. another thing. Uh, I don't know if Jesus was like, literally like the son of God TM in the way that I used to think about it. Like, I think it's like a homoousius thing, but I also think that I'm homoousius and homosexual. So that's another reason. So I've just got a whole bunch of marks to get me. And I um, I do butt stuff. So... <laughs> <laughs>
4: That, that is the first time anyone has answered that. Wow. that I, think, I think we should. I want to talk more, but I think we should just end it with that. I
0: think that would be
1: the most brilliant way to end.
0: Thanks, thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone.
4: I, I, do, I do butt
1: stuff. That's why. Peace out. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming
0: in. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> hey, man. right uh, uh, <laughs> up
1: my life right there.
0: Those are those are all amazing reasons that people might call you Arty Kevin. And by the way, just want you to know, we love you. You're very welcome. You're you're amongst friends here, not just me and Matt, but all of our listeners. Um,
1: Thanks, friend. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit. You, um, you, you are, as you have said, you're into butt stuff. You're you're a gay man who <laughs> also. Uh, at least loves Jesus, believes in Jesus. And in some sense, you're still working out exactly how, but um, so what I've found fascinating when, when looked at your YouTube channel, which is awesome, by the way,
1: mm, Thank you
0: um, <clears throat> you know, so I, I'm honestly, I'm watching and I'm going, okay, I think, I think you're cool. I think it's great. I love what you're doing, but, but I'm frankly, my, the first thing I wanted to ask you was just, okay, but you're like, so you're, this is true about you, and yet you seem to be like still like really involved with your Baptist church. And as a former Baptist, I want to ask how How is this possible?
1: Yeah. So we're not like other Baptists. We're the cool Baptists. Okay. So, good. So here's here's the history of the Baptist ethos. Just because I think that you know we love short term memory here in America. So the Baptist yeah. Ch- the Baptist tradition. I swear I haven't been drinking. It's I had a beer <laughs> earlier. It's fine. Um, the Baptist. I haven't been a drinking,
4: but I've been drinking. But I haven't. Yeah.
1: yeah, but I haven't. But I did have a beer, so uh, you can take that as you will. Um, so the Baptist tradition was born out of this ethos of the five fragile freedoms, which basically means uh, this is what Baptists believe at our core: is that a Everyone has the ability to interpret scripture. B. Local congregations have the ability to like make local decisions based on their own context. Uh, C. You, you know nobody can tell you if you have a relationship with God. That is up to between the individual. Uh, three, just or four, like it's um, <clears throat> the autonomy of the local church. And the fifth one, religious freedom for everybody, everyone. That's how the Baptist tradition got started. It wasn't until the seventies like sixties, seventies and eighties towards like the as um the Republican Party kind of like co opted the evangelical church, which by the way, was founded in a movement uh that's where people were trying to justify slaveholding yes. With Christianity. Yes. So, you you know, take that as you will.
0: Thanks for bringing that up, by the way. Yeah. They, they, like, they don't like to think about that or remember that. Yes. Oh,
1: we never, we never like to think about those things. Well, so, so the Baptist tradition um, is basically largely saying, like, you know, is supposed to be like very independent and also freedom for everyone. Period. The problem is, is that when power, uh, power politics all started to get consolidated, and the, at the Southern Baptist Convention started to consolidate power in Nashville, they said hey, if you don't do, believe these things and you can't sit with us in the Southern Baptist. And so from that, there was a split of the Alliance of Baptists and the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, headquartered here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, is progressive in the way that they'll, you know, you can ordain women and whatnot. And it's cool if you're gay and you can do like gay weddings at your church if you want to, but they don't have a national stance on it. And they might not hire a queer person on their national level for certain jobs, which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh Alliance of Baptists, on the other hand, which is what my church is, the Alliance of Baptists are the OGs of the movement. Uh <laughs> Reverend <laughs> William Barber uh is a part of the Alliance of Baptists. Oh and,
0: yes. Oh yes. There you so go. So it's just
1: like it's like everything you actually want out of a Baptist church, but like minus the racism and, <laughs> the, racism and, uh, and the homophobia. Now, yep. granted, like, you know, all churches have those problems and like, you know, we're all working it out, blah, blah, blah. But historically, pro-women, pro-black, pro-queer, pro-environment, uh, pro-gun legislation, pro-abortion um, uh, rights, like it's, it's literally, it's a dope, it's a dope time. So mm. my church in particular, it's mostly queer people and it's trans folks and it's black folks and like, it's doing the work. So, mm. you know, and now honestly, if they were like a Sikh house or a Muslim house and I just happened to be a part of them, I'd still be there. Or even if they didn't have religion, I'd still be there because they just seek to be together and to be good to each other mm-hmm. and to our city. Damn, you so,
0: don't, you almost need to how, be a Baptist again. Shit
1: i know right it's very very strange and then at the same time it's just like if if we stopped going to this church i'm just like well you know it's it's most it's like i don't really care about the baptist label per se because like again like me and jesus are tight but like i don't know you know i believe jesus is my teacher and this is my friend and is my brother but also i think that you are my teacher and my friend and my brother if you know what i'm saying so it's I'm I'm very much a universalist and I'm very much a hippy dippy witchy woo woo woman now as well so riddle me that
4: Yeah well no I mean I think that's that's where I'm at personally is that I mean put put aside the what we say about Jesus as Jesus as divinity and all that kind of stuff I think that's fun to talk about I'm just yeah how how is how does Jesus relate to me as a human being and how can I be that same way If he's going to be like a model, how can I be that way with Keith? How can I be that way with you, Jamal, with
1: everyone? You know, like how how can I be a human being, right? (laughs) That's it. You got it. And I think that's what our church really concerns ourselves with. And so I like my little church. And we're scrappy and fun. And, you know, before Corona hit, like our thing was Wednesday nights. We would all go sing karaoke together at the the beer growler. Like, and that to me is like, that's church right there. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And outside, I, I've never been in the Baptist world per se. I, I, I don't have a Baptist background. But all that you're telling me, it's kind of surprising because that's not what you hear normally of, of, of Baptists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so tell me and our listeners, how, how did you get to the place you were at now? Was it because, uh, you know, deep down, these Baptist roots kind of lead you in that way and allow you to have your individual faith and um, they're not trying to tell you what to believe? Um, has it been led by experiences, uh, especially as uh, a non-straight person living in a predominantly uh, straight
1: church? Yeah. Uh, how did that go? Honestly, it was pure accident that I ended up there. <laughs> so I uh, was going to one of those, like, hipster non-denom churches for a while who were just like, oh, we love you so much, but also, like, gay people can't get married, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you can't lead a Bible study if you're gay. And I'm like, I've literally been doing this my whole life. And Joe Schmo over here became a Christian like two weeks ago. He's never actually read the Bible. Yeah, Like, why is he leading the Bible? He just really has, like, a powerful spirit of teaching.
0: And he's not into butt stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. And that was the thing. It's because I'm into butt. They said, Kevin, it, it's been getting around that you're into butt stuff. We're not saying you're gay. But <laughs> we just, you know, <laughs> no, but it was, it was a whole to do. So um, I took a break from church for a while. And then my friend uh, Miles invited me to come to his church at Park Ave. And I showed up and it was just, it was the first time in a long time that I just felt like I wasn't hiding. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that for me and like to hear, like when you spend your entire life hearing sermons about how you're such a shitty person and then like a gay person, a gay black man gets up in front of the church and talks about how he loved Jesus. mm mm-hmm. And who is like your, like, it's just, it's the greatest thing. Mm. It's the greatest thing ever. And it changed my, it was like, you know, I don't care about the universal church surviving, but I do care about this group of people who decides to meet here on Sunday mornings and then also on Mm. weekdays and then, you know, are also there for, you know, bat mitzvahs and, you know, practicing Shabbat together and also showing up for protests together Mm. and also like singing carols at Christmas. It's, yeah, it's nice. Yeah.
0: So I, I'm kind of curious too, Kevin. Um, I mean, I, I have some assumptions, but I, I'm just going to want you to kind of clarify some things. So uh, well,
1: they say about making assumptions, it makes you, you- a Democrat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah. It still hurts.
1: It still hurts.
0: <laughs> um, so you know, like I, I love what you're doing. Like, like again, on your YouTube channel, I think it's really awesome, and and um, I, I can see that a lot of what you're doing is probably providing a whole lot of help for other uh, as probably, especially young people who uh, also love Jesus, but also happen to be gay or trans or queer or whatever. And I think that's awesome. And I'm so glad you're doing that. I'm curious, however, do you ever spend any time uh, trying to help straight Christians process how it's possible that someone like you exists?
4: Um,
1: Yeah, I, so I have, on my channel, there's actually a, a bunch of my old videos. Uh, when I first started out, I was big on edu- like I, talking about uh, what I would call the biblical case for mm. LGBTQ inclusion. Yeah, um, and so that's what I was trained in with my organizing. That's what I taught, and that's what I still teach on sometimes. Uh, and for me, it's it's uh, there's sometimes that I, I work with. with Straight. I mean, like, cl- most of my clients are straight. If I'm being honest, like, with my so with my coaching work, uh-huh. which is very funny to me, that uh, like, I did I did not think I had like any sort of uh, niche or like in with straight people. But you know, life life comes at you fast, doesn't it? Yeah. But uh, it, it's not that I don't spend time making space for straight people to process. It's that I'm simply. I think my calling is to build space for queer people to heal and stay alive because there's so many resources for straight folks out there uh, to start changing their minds and there's books and yeah there's books and there's, there's you know, and I create my YouTube channel for people like as a resource for all kinds of humans. Um, because I think, you know, clarity can be found if you're seeking it. Like, you know, truth will be found wherever it is in whatever form it is. Um, so yeah, it's um, I will say like, if someone was coming again, like coming against me, like the devil. Uh, but if someone was like being combative with me or is like sitting there saying like, Hey, I want you to justify yourself by the Bible. And I'm just like, this is a very uninteresting conversation to me because mm-hmm. There's so much more we could be talking about. There's so much more we should be talking about. Like, why do you care that I'm into butt stuff when people are dying, you know? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, there's apparently an economy that's like in free fall and you want to get mad at me over this thing right now when like your grandfather needs a fucking ventilator? Yeah. Like, come at me, bro. Like, (laughs) Like, where is your God?
0: Yeah, exactly
1: like it's like why am i so threatening to you that's my first question this is like what about me threatens you that's a good question yeah
0: that is a a good question to ask i I think um i mean you know i'll I'll be honest with you i'm i am a like i said a former southern baptist i was ordained as a pastor and um and i went to my own yeah well i'm not so proud of that and then um but i went to my own sort of deconstruction process spiritually and all that and then uh, I mean, it really has only been, I think now, probably about maybe two and a half, three years ago. So for me, it's fairly recent that I had to process through what I thought about homosexuality. And one of the major, and, and again, one of the first hangups for me was the scriptural thing. And I'd read tons of books on this and um, was trying to wrap my brain around it and try to understand it again. But for some reason, the, the hangup was the spiritual thing. I mean, sorry, the, the scriptural thing. Um but I got to say, one of the most amazing graces that I would say that God gave me during that time as I was trying to process this was um, he suddenly brought to my attention how many people that I already knew and I already loved uh, as my brothers and sisters in Christ were gay. And I just didn't know it. And once I realized that, it was like, oh, my gosh, this the whole question of whether or not you could be gay and Christian went out the window because it was like. Well, obviously, there it is. There it is. It's like obviously these people. I know they love Jesus. I have no doubt of that in my mind. And now they're telling me that all this time I had no idea, but they were trans or they were gay. And yeah. and okay, wow, there you go. And then yeah, then later on the stuff is. came out. But but what really convinced me was the, those relationships and those connections. Once you actually know someone who is gay and who is Christian, a lot of those kind of doubts and things kind of fade away.
1: Yeah. And I think that really is such a, can be such a a game changer for so many people is that relationship. Yeah. It's like, that's how, I mean, that's how we experience God, you know? And so so in some ways, like, you know, queer people are the Christ to the the rest of the church. Yeah, It's just like, hello, would you like to visit me in jail? Mm -hmm. Hello, would you like... I'm hungry. I'm homeless. I don't have food. I'm dying of the, I'm dying of the AIDS epidemic. Would you like to help me? Jesus asked. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things where it's just like, you know, like I, and what's so beautiful, I, I think it's like a tooth. It's a, it's both a beautiful thing to see like, oh my gosh, that this is so much bigger than I thought. And also how simple, how simple it is to simply love the one in front of me. Mm. That's nice. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah,
4: and, and 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 learning, see what what helped me. And I grew up in a in a fairly conservative background, not Baptist per se, but I, I always had a problem with this idea that we were supposed to, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. All these things we heard, but then when I actually knew gay people, uh, one of my bosses was a lesbian. Like teaching me how love is supposed to look. You have to sit there. If you're honest in your heart and in your mind, like fuck the scriptures for a second. Like, literally you know, like, it's like
1: for two like seconds. These people, chill, yeah.
4: Yeah, you know, these people are teaching me how to love. How dare I ever think that they're, I mean, they're doing the same things. They're going to the movies. They're getting in fights. They're going grocery shopping. They're raising children. Like I literally do that. How can I, if I'm honest, say one is sinful and one is beautiful in the eyes of God, simply because we're working with different parts. Like, yeah. I, it, it, it literally, like we have to, have to, have to, have to ask ourselves those questions. Because yeah. those are the real questions. We can talk about Malakoy. We can talk about Katai. We can talk about Greek. We can talk about the Bible. Well, but come on, first and foremost, we have to ask the real human relational questions.
1: Yeah, yeah. My, I had a, there was, like, I can't remember who said it, but it was just, I always tell people like you are not allowed to have a personal policy unless it is directly tied to a person. So like Mm. if you have a personal policy on what you think about homosexuality, do you know any homosexuals? Right. Are you friends with any of that community? If you have an opinion on trans people, have you ever had a conversation with a trans person Mm -hmm. about the bathroom that they need to use? No. You know, if you... It just it just goes on and on like it's same it, that'll go for anyone. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. Like, <laughs> like, Grandpa, how does your how does your black friend feel when you say that? Right. Well, I don't have any black friends. Well, of course you don't, Grandpa. <laughs> because you're <a> racist. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you don't know anyone there. So right. how the hell are you going to say that? You know, like I offend people. I, it's like when everyone also says just like all country people are stupid or like they like you know shame people from the south it's just like it's it's the, it's just as bad it's classism mm-hmm. it's just like yeah people from the south like we are just like oh it just gets me so mad it's like yes the south is the is the bed of a whole bunch of bullshit for sure and also there is a system that is keeping it in place what are we going to do to change it that's the better question to be asking
0: yeah exactly. come on yeah. yeah just ugh. <sighs> <laughs> I can see I'm you. Gonna, you have no, like, calm down. <laughs> I see you have no, you have no deep emotional uh, stake in this. Yeah. I mean, no, you're yeah, right not at all. Yeah. I mean, th- this is something too, that I've noticed, like, um, this is just a human pattern. Like we do this, people, human humanity does this with everything. We, anyone who doesn't think like me, behave like me, anyone who's other than me, it's just too easy to say. You know, all blank people are this way, right? All homeless people are lazy and they're they're lie to you. Well, really. So if you're going to say that, like you just said, I'll ask people, how many homeless people do you know? I mean, you know their name, you know, you know where they were born, you know their story, you know how they ended up on the street, like, you know them, you know them. And how many of those people do you know? And like you said, well, none. Exactly. So you can't say, because once you do actually know someone from that other group, you actually know someone who's a Muslim. All right. Now you've, you've been to their house or they've been to your house, you've shared dinner, their kids have played with your kids, I, you have a connection and a relationship with this person because once you do that, you cannot say all blank people are are this way.
1: Come on, that's it. Yeah
0: yeah, so yeah it's
1: just like do like hello everyone. We just we solved Christianity today. Thank you for coming <laughs> to our TED.
0: Thank you. Yes, we did. That—that that is, yeah, because it's that connection, that relationship, and that recognizing that you really can't other someone if, if as long well, you can as long as you keep them in the sort of uh, them camp. If it's us and they are a them, then yeah, that's the only way you can do that. Because but once you kind of open the gates and let them in, or you step outside of your boundary and go outside your your comfort zone and get to know them, once you do that. Then all that's out the window. And then then it becomes obvious, like, what Jesus is trying to get us to see, that there is no other, right? Like, the, the thing he got in trouble for was when he, he told his people, he read read the scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue, and he says, the year of Jubilee is, yay, everyone's happy. And then he goes, well, by the way, this is also for the, the Syrians and the Gentiles and the Samaritans and the Romans. Oh, now we want to kill him. But but
1: he, They're <laughs> like, no, we
0: don't want that. <laughs> no, it can't, can't be for everybody. We can't all be. Uh, blessed by God. We can't all be the children of God.
1: Lo and behold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kevin, I'm, the, it, I'm just okay. as surprised as anybody.
4: So, so what I'm hearing, Kevin, and, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you just don't know, uh, because our episode in in this episode is about energy and frequency, what I hear you talking about is is like a higher level of energy and, and bringing a higher frequency to the table. Some may s- suggest other ideas, but that's what, when, when we're not othering, when we're inclusive, that's to me is like operating on a different frequency. Uh, what right. is your kind of
1: understanding of all that? Um, I think my understanding of energy and frequency is, is very much in the same line as what you're saying. Um, I think there's a million ways to talk about it. I don't think there is any one way uh, to, you know, put God into a box because for some people working with a specific deity is a way of like bringing out that kind of, you know, bringing out that energy in your own person or wanting to manifest that kind of energy in your life and in your relationships. Um, And I think um, another way of putting it, if you're someone like me who likes it to be a little bit more, um, not only theoretical, but also very practical. I think about yeah. like mindsets, you know, just like, what is like the mindset or what is the story or what is like, what's the thing that's running my, um, my subconscious right now? Cause Carl Jung would say that if, until you make the unconscious conscious, you mm. will be ruled by it and you will call it fate. And so mm-hmm. I think there is, when I'm thinking about, um, operating from, you know, a frequency of love, operating from a space of seeing God in everything and in everyone in every moment. When I can see and see myself from that perspective, like, I think that is like, in a way it is kind of a vibration, you know, in my body. It's a way of like, you know, am I, I think of it like if my energy in my body is frantic, if I feel frantic, it's like energies, feelings, it's all kind of the same words. But like, if my frantic feelings in my body, if my frantic energy is just running around, what do I need to do with that? I need to ground myself. I need to sit my ass down and take a deep breath. You know, my limbic system is like you know kicked on, and so like from a like physiological standpoint, what I understand is happening is like my levels of cortisol have spiked. Um, My breathing has increased. I need to engage my vagus nerve and try to calm myself down. So I engage in a breathing practice, which has been shown to slow down your heart rate. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to hum. I'm going to, um, sometimes I sing personally because Mm -hmm. singing actually helps um, uh, release um, norepinephrine into the system. So it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I, I have my personal practices to bring me back to an energy of peace, a sense of being connected with, the Divine with love with my self capital s self, and I think that when we I'm connected with my most deep self, it's like i the reason I'm connected with my most deep self is because I see other people like I can see God and other people there you go yeah. yeah and and so um so for some people like you know like the like i'll I'll say like you know i can, I'm one hundred percent on board with like the idea of energy work or the idea of you know doing things to cuz like all it is it's like i want to change how i'm feeling i want to like invite a sense of feeling better into my life and into others lives and so if all, <clears throat> i always um i always say that the spiritual practices and language are only as good as they are helpful and i think for a lot of people like learning how to talk about our emotions and our feelings, our mindsets, um, as like as ideas about energy, it makes a lot more sense, and it makes a, it makes it a lot easier for us to navigate things that we don't understand. It's like you know, we've been given our entire life. We were saying, you know, don't feel your feelings, and then like you know, we grow up and become adults, and realize, oh fuck, I'm supposed to feel my feelings, <laughs> and how do I do that? Right. And, you know, know, Christians don't have good language for it right now. So where do I turn? Next best thing. Oh, my God. These new age assholes have it. Mm -hmm. They have a good idea about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to borrow that. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, the Buddha said that life is suffering. Oh, my gosh. I'll take that, too. Mm -hmm. It's like, if it's helpful, use it. And if it's not helpful, don't. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: At the end of the day, it's just like, It's not a box that we're putting God in or the box that we're putting ourselves in. It's just a tool like anything else.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Nothing to be afraid of. It's just words. Yeah. are people afraid of words?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I I love what you were saying too. Thank you, by by the way, for getting so uh, specific and personal about your exact... Uh, process for what you do when you need to kind of get put yourself in this better place. Um, one of the things that um, I've found that's been very really helpful and um, I've been helping some people go from deconstruction to reconstruction and, and walking them through um, sort of this rewiring of your brain, which there's a whole ton of amazing uh, research mm-hmm. on this whole idea of how we can actually do this. We can rewire our brains. And one of the major ways to do that is practicing gratitude And just looking for different ways throughout your, just to, and it really does change the biochemical structure of your freaking brain to Mm -hmm. just be start being more appreciative, more thankful, looking for the good in things. And, And when you start doing that, it really changes your filter for, for the way you see the world and the way you receive the world. And you actually become, you have less stress, uh, you're, you're less at risk for heart disease, um, you know, all these kinds of things for mental illness and, and, and all these anxiety and these kind of things. Um, and that for me is one of the things that's been really helpful is to just learning how to practice gratitude. And again, it's one of those things where it seems so simple. It seems like, oh, come on, Keith, really? But no, yeah, no, because really. the,
1: ego wants, the ego wants to tell you, that sounds so stupid. <laughs> you couldn't really, you're just going to sit there and you're just going to feel better? Like, mm-hmm. and guess what? The answer is yes. Yes. And then once you realize that it's a yes, the ego's like, oh, okay, and it's just like he, she, she got nothing to say, right? Well, because it's like I'm just like stop being like I, like I have to like stop being a jerk to yourself, yeah. You know,
0: well, it's one of these things too, where once you experience it, right? So when you just hear that that narrative in the beginning, you might be like, oh, that that sounds a little too simplistic or a little too easy, but once you actually do it and you actually go through the process of sitting down and being thankful, writing down things you're thankful for, going through an entire day. And uh, like one thing I tell people to do is like set your alarm every hour to go out, like a chime every hour. And every hour, just sit down and write one thing you're thankful for. It can be anything from coffee to indoor plumbing to birds or sunshine or music or whatever. But it, But by doing that, by actually going through these kinds of exercises, by the end of the day, you actually experience this change in your body and your mind physiologically that, oh my gosh, I have less stress and anxiety. I feel better. I'm more optimistic about my life.
1: That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it'd be, it's wild. I always, um my thing is like five minutes a day can change your life, you know? Because like, I, it's like my practices around meditation to like, I start my day with, um, with, you know, with connecting with myself and like remembering what it is to be at peace. And so that is why we meditate. Like, that's the thing. It's like people are like, I'm too anxious to meditate. It's like, no girl, you're not too anxious to meditate. You are anxious because you refuse uh-huh. to sit down for just even 30 seconds and breathe. Yep. Because your ego wants to tell you that if you stop, you're going to die.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think it's just like, yeah. you will die if you do not stop. That's, that's right. the paradox. Yeah. So I always tell people, just like, if you can take 60 seconds, that's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. But like, do something for yourself. It's like, why wouldn't you want to give yourself this gift? Because also the thing about it is, it's like, what do you want? I want to feel more peaceful. I want to feel happier. I want to feel less stressed. I'm like, well, and I cannot tell you that the circumstances in your life are going to get any better, but I can say your response to the circumstances in your life can change.
0: Absolutely.
4: There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this has been so, so good. And I guarantee uh, I don't guarantee a lot of things, but I guarantee that our listeners are going to be digging this and, and digging what you are saying. So please tell them uh, what you're working on right now. Keith mentioned you have a YouTube channel and where people can get a hold of you to follow your, uh, your work.
1: Yeah. So um, like I said, uh, I'm a spiritual, I don't know if I had mentioned this. I'm a spiritual director and life coach. So um, if you're somebody who is dealing with, like, trying to come out of the closet or deconstruction and reconstruction or, like, your, your, your spirituality is exploding and you don't know what's going on, <laughs> uh, I help people figure out who they are, what they want, and what to do next. Um, so if you feel stuck, give me a call. You can find me at TheKevinGarcia.com, across social media at the Kevin Garcia. You can pick up my first book called Bad Theology Kills, Undoing Toxic Theology and Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority at badtheologykills.com. And I think- I love that title, by the way. That's a great Great title. title. Thanks. 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 I love it myself. (laughs) I picked it myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. Um, This is the thing about me. It's just like, I am absolutely, I'm so glad that like, I recently turned thirty and if I wasn't embarrassed about my life before, like I'm certainly not embarrassed about it now, which is just the greatest joy. I just I crack myself up sometimes and I'm so glad I do. <laughs> or it could be the fact that I've just been in my house by myself, you know, for a while and so I think I'm hilarious because I am my only friend right now. <laughs> yeah. We're we're all losing our sanity yes. a,
4: little bit,
0: yes, so, we right? are. a little bit.
1: Yeah. Wow. But hey, we're loving it. We're doing great. Yeah. Kevin. Yes, we
0: yeah, Kevin. Thank you so much. This really has been a joy. Thank you for uh, just sharing a little bit of yourself and your experience with the rest of us here um, in the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. And we'd love to have you back again sometime.
1: Yeah, let's crack open a, a, some some cold ones. Yeah, all
0: right. Thanks, man. All right. Bye. Thanks, oh, Kevin, that was Kevin, sweet.
4: Yeah, Kevin's hilarious. I was laughing a lot. <laughs> he's a he's a funny dude.
0: Yeah. Very, very cool guy. Uh, I love people that are just like really comfortable with who they are and really comfortable with you, not <laughs> with you, not really being into them or not. Like, it's like, fine, I can take it, take it or leave it. Uh, I'm not, not that concerned about that. Uh, it's so great. And then just his whole attitude about everything is, is awesome. Really. Thank you so much, Kevin. Um, yeah. and anybody who wants to follow him on YouTube, he's got a great YouTube channel, uh, really, really great stuff.
4: He's really, he's really vibing on a whole new frequency, ain't he?
0: Well, yes, he is. That man. You like that segue? You like that segue? Ah,
4: <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Ralph didn't. Damn it.
0: Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. He. He does. Uh. And we. We talked a little bit about some of that. I think. Right. Did we talk a little bit about energy yeah. and and all that kind of stuff? And and that's what we're going to try and get into in this episode. We are going through this metaphysical series, and we cannot engage in this topic of metaphysics without getting into things like, uh, you know, having personal energy, um, sort of, uh, having different vibes and frequencies, uh, even how that leads to, uh, some of these concepts of inner healing, uh, and those kinds of things. And so, uh, I don't know about Matt, but I can definitely say for myself, um, this is not something that I have really read a lot about or studied about, or, listen to anybody else really go on about very much i've heard a little bit of it um so i i I guess i'm what i'm saying is jamal take it away
3: (laughs) yes yes well i guess uh i my question would be um i mean we've all heard we've all heard the uh you know, the, the lingo, sometimes it's going around that's becoming more popular these days about upping frequency and changing your frequency. Um, but I guess that question would be, you know, that I would just throw out is like, what is that?
0: Yeah, what you is think? it? How do I change it? Is there a knob somewhere I can adjust it up or down? Or, uh, like, it, yeah. I've, been, I've been looking for the knob for uh, several years now.
4: Wrong. Oh, boy.
3: I, I think frequency, and correct me if I'm wrong here, and I wasn't able to be a part of that. Um, of that interview that we did. So, but, uh, but I'm thankful for it, but I, I have not, wasn't able to be part of that. But I think, um, what's fascinating about it is that again, that, you know, this is for folks who get into the, some of the science behind it, but everything, um, every, everything that exists in the material universe can be boiled down to, um, actually light and sound. And so everything has a, a an oscillation or a certain frequency that it vibrates with. So that's what makes, that's what, that's why certain things are actually have physical and solid substance is because it actually uh, has a certain frequency to it. And certain things that have a different frequency are not solid. You know, that's why some things are um, not able to be seen with it, with the uh, naked eye. So everything has a specific frequency. So there's, um, uh, there was a doctor actually by the name of Dr. Royal Reif who lived in the early earlier parts of the 20th century. So I'm thinking he might have be been around 1930s, 1940s. And uh, he uh, had some major discoveries that uh, in, in the area of medicine where, where that um, he could use frequency, actual uh, sound waves to, at a certain frequency, could kill viruses and bacteria. Um, and uh, he, so he built an instrument successfully used it I mean did, did experiments on it was able to demonstrate that it actually does work uh, and then it got controversial because he was shut I mean he was in he was able to use it for a while and then they shut him down uh, the F, uh, The you know again I don't know if you're into conspiracy theories but there's a lot yes, of thought. yes conspiracy so theory. so there was uh, yeah Yeah, very similar to, if anybody knows anything about Tesla, Nikolai Tesla. So very similar. Tesla was a scientist late 1800s, early 1900s Did i experiment. really, uh, I would consider what is the father of, you know, uh, electricity, the discovery of electricity in that sense, um, in this country. But a lot of his, a lot of the things that he was advocating for, uh, went against some, uh, some folks who, who had commercial interest in the, elect, you know, in the new, this new, v- field of electricity and so he kind of got shut down and discredited the same thing happened to dr royal rife in my opinion and so he, a lot of his work got discredited and uh, so they 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 you know confiscated a lot of his work and you know but this but he did a lot of work on frequencies like the ability of frequencies to to heal um, but uh again that's a whole other conversation because some of that even though it was shut down here in, in the united states and largely in the west it did not go away because of that, that a lot of that technology is available. It's, it's it can be available. it's found in Europe now. Um, there's a lot of uh, healthcare professionals who use frequency in the aid of healing, uh, just because of uh, a lot of the work that Doctor Royal Rife has done. Done, and a lot of his experiments still stand to this day, um, as do te- Nikolai Tesla's. It just you know you know there's no money in it. Uh, you know it, it is a threat to the pharmaceutical industry. So in my opinion, that's why he was shut down. But that te- that there's the science of frequency and how it can aid in healing, is a big thing, and um, it's actually been weaponized as well. Um, so in the military, the U.S. military, there
0: five G, was... isn't it? You're going to say five G. Please
4: don't please don't say it's five
0: G. No,
3: no, no, no. <laughs> uh, actually, have you are you guys not aware of how the military uses frequency or how that's been used? Uh, in, uh, are you just not aware of that?
0: Well, no. I, I, I have. I, years ago, I was actually researching a science fiction book i was going to write and i was studying all kinds of like real this is actual we're talking like real science stuff um about like there's actually all kinds of really crazy uh weapons based on frequency that can do anything from like they use it as sort of crowd control type stuff like riots and uh Mm -hmm. crowds where you can you can based on the frequencies everybody will literally crap their pants or you can Mm -hmm. make everybody or you can or you can make that funny no it's it's true It's, it's the truth. It'll actually make their, it's a low frequency that actually will make their bowels um, weak and everyone will crap their pants. Um, but there's also frequencies that cause people, higher frequencies that cause people to either act violently or to totally, you can totally dial them down into a very docile uh, posture so that they 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 really won't be violent. They won't be incited. And, and I, this is actual science. I've read um, some, some actually prototypes that have been built. The Navy has been building some of these weapons as well um so yeah totally
3: totally and there was um i read an article on cnn probably about a little over a year ago there were some diplomats in uh cuba uh some american diplomats in cuba that were coming down with this mysterious illness um and uh several people got sick and then they found out that someone had pointed a a sound weapon at them and had blasted them with a sound oh, weapon caused them I mean, to get sick.
0: This, this was in wasn't this like a uh in Cuba? There was like an office building. Everybody in the building got mm-hmm. sick.
3: Totally. That was yeah Did it was in Cuba. It
0: was? Yeah they found yes. Yeah, yeah. And they found <laughs> it actually was a um
3: so the u s government said that they were targeted with a with a uh, sound uh, sonar weapon, which yeah. is a, it, it's just very 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 much in existence so sa- sound can be used to make people sick it can al- also be used to heal people and that 's where a lot of the so- there 's a lot of science in there to back up. actually that 's why the mil- that there are weapons that use it too because if you change frequency, you can literally and you can actually kill a cell if you bring certain uh, frequency down to a zero or whatever it is. Uh, you can actually a cell will die, and any and, and so w- every disease also, from what I understand, a disease. If you if if you look at the cells that have that are disease cells, cancer, they they operate on a different frequency than healthy cells, and so that's why when you up level the frequency, you can kill diseases. Yeah, oh,
4: but that's not that's not what people are talking about because I see it on I see it all the time uh like online you know you're operating from this frequency or you're operating from that frequency and they're not like they're not talking literally like i go into a frequency booth and get zapped with frequency they
0: the cia is manipulating your frequency right now yes
4: well i mean there are people when they say that i to me it's like you need to approach situations with a different viewpoint or a different energy because that's to me what they're talking about at least cuz i don't know any i don't know much about all that kind of stuff weaponizing frequencies and all that And, but I believe you, like, I'm sure they can do that because for every, like, I think good thing that we come up with, there is a dark side to it. Like someone's going to use this for some bullshit. Um, so that, that is probably true, but it's typically not what I think people are talking about or something. How do we practically up our frequency? Cause I'd be more interested in like that kind of stuff. And how does that lead to healing? Um, if, if there's a way for us to simply almost rewire our brain with our thought patterns and things like that.
0: Yeah. If there's a spiritual, if there's a spiritual personal application to is right. of without, without having to go to radio shack and build some kind of equipment in my house <laughs> to develop some kind of frequency emitter. No, that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about personal spiritual energy and how the way I behave and think um, and my awareness can affect that energy. Right. And then how that awareness uh, and that the manipulation of my own energies and energies around me right. can, can produce either a positive or a negative outcome.
4: Right. And Jamal, and Jamal, that's, that's a lot of what you do in your coaching work, right?
3: Yes. You know, as far as frequency goes, as far
4: as just, well, I mean, I mean this kind of like changing your thought patterns and, and like, I, I, I could see you in using that type of language. Like you want to operate from a different frequency um, in, in your coaching work, I, I don't know if you actually do, but I could just see you doing it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I use, I do use that language, but it's based on actual science because every thought has a frequency. There's a, there's a frequency, there's a pattern to it. So, um, so for example, um, I don't know if you've, I mean, again, yeah, a lot of this gets called pseudoscience or whatever, but everything, there is a frequency literally to everything, uh, to every there it, it's, um, there's, it's a, it's a. It's based on a, um, a, a, you know, again at a at a very physical level, scientific level. There's a there's a an actual oscillation. It it oscillates at certain level, but thoughts have the ability to to carry certain. So, for example, if you have a thought a dense and dense a negative thought, um, it actually can cause in the body, in the physical human body, it can cause a a sense of uh, discomfort you know, so if you think about it like a a sad thought and a negative thought and angry thought, it doesn't, you you literally can feel the thought in your body. And then when that lodges there in the body, it can have, it can cause certain secretions of certain hormones. It can also cause, you know, uh, chronic pain. It can lead to certain kinds of pain and inflammation in the body based on, you know, the, the chemical effects of those hormones. So the idea is that thought actually has a frequency to it and that can, that frequency lodges in the body and will affect the frequency that your certain parts of your body and cells can operate at, which can lead to disease eventually at some point. So, so when, when we, people use the word frequency, it's like everything has a, it's a higher frequency or lower frequency way of operating. Um, it, some, e- again, people use different words like consciousness, higher, higher forms of consciousness, lower forms yeah. of consciousness. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a similar thing, you know?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, do yeah you guys ever feel like um, hopefully I'm not taking this out of, out of the realm. I think this is the same thing. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had interactions with other people. Um, Cause I've had this happen to me several times and it's inexplicable. Like I, there's, I can't, I can't on the outside explain why there's nothing about the conversation. There's nothing, nothing about their posture or the tone of their voice or even what they're saying. It all seems on the outside, very normal, but, within my spirit, within my body, like I feel like I'm getting this resonant disconnect, like discordant uh feeling. It's almost like this quivering that's like this is not a safe person. this is not a good uh, situation. like I, I've had this happen to me several times and most of the time, um that that feeling uh, it's almost like a feedback if you want to, if you want to talk about it in terms of frequency it's almost it's almost like a feedback loop where it's like, uh oh no. Nope. Uh, like a red flag or something, but it, but it, but it, and I'm telling you, I experience it almost as a vibration in my body, and in every case, it's proven later on. Like, yep, that person was a manipulator. That person was had something going on that they were trying to do. And again, I, it's not that I was picking up on it you know, on any conscious level, but but on this other level, it was like this unmistakable, just an odd, strange feeling and it was kind of in the form of a vibration. I've had that happen several times.
4: I I think there's I think that's built into us and we as humans think that I mean there could be like so we might even call that instinct. And I think we lose that instinct a lot because of either conditioning or thought patterns and we 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 kind of forget that animalistic part of us because we'll notice that in animals like they'll know when something's not right and and they'll be the first to sense it. Mm -hmm. And I think we something in our body happens when we um, are in that situation. And I don't think we're conscious of it because we're either there or that. We're not in the moment. We're thinking about the future, pining on the past, whatever. And there's probably more to it than just like basic instincts, but I think that's a part of it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, th- this is, again, maybe this is odd, <laughs> but um, what the hell? Let's, let's go for it. Because uh, <laughs> when you, when you mention animals, um, so do you know, like there are certain animals, I mean, wild animals, like deer, bear, um, those are the ones that pop in my mind, but there are several wild animals. And I, I know specifically like deer and, and, and bear and things like this, where if you have a, if you set up a remote camera, like in a tree that has like a motion sensor, so it, it'll, it'll turn on. And I'm not talking about it. It doesn't turn on a light. Uh, so it'd be like a, a like a, a camera that will work either in the dark, like a night vision camera. Um in either in the dark or in the daylight, and you set this thing up. what they've noticed is is that deer know when that camera is turned on, even if they are like two hundred yards away, like they they can sense it and they will avoid it. and it's like so in other words, there's this level, there's almost again like a frequency that certain wild animals can detect on things like cameras and things like this, where you know, a human being, you would have no way of knowing that 200 yards to the left. You know, up in a tree, forty feet, is a camera that flips on when you cross, you know, uh, a boundary. But these animals do; they, they, we, you can see them responding and, and reacting to when it's turned on and when it's not. That's really insane. Mm, totally. So, so maybe again, there's a, there's something that we, even as humans, uh, maybe we're not conscious of it, but we are also in some ways uh, able to respond to certain frequencies as well. Not necessarily from oh. a machine, but from another human being.
3: Totally. It's, it's, it's this energy. It's what you pick up on, you know, that kind of thing. it's like, <clears throat> well, I'm convinced like, so when Jesus said, you know, if you go, you know, remember when he sent out the disciples two by two and he said, uh, um, you know, if, if someone receives you, then you uh, leave your peace there. And if someone doesn't receive you, then, you know, you kind of shake the dust off your feet and go on and take your peace with you. And I always, that's always an interesting passage there because it's like, uh, to me, it's like, wow. So you, what does it mean to take your piece with you or to leave it there? And it's the sense of, it's just the sense of energy or frequency. Like if you, if it's received back, you know, and again, then it, then it, there, there's a place for it to land. And if not, you just take it with you. So like if you, if you have two guitars in a room and you I mean, Keith, you might know this as a musician or both of you guys are musicians. So, um, if you have two guitars in a room, and they're tuned exactly to the same frequency. The, the chords are, you can pluck one chord and the other chord on the other guitar in the same room will actually vibrate as if it's been plucked. And that's because frequency it, It's actual on the same frequency, but in a, in a, I don't know if it's just like a metaphor, but I actually think there's something to that at a scientific level. That's why you can feel and resonance. So like when Jesus says, go, if you're, if it's, if there's a f- resonant frequency where you're going and there's a place for you to, you know, to, to deposit your message or whatever or piece, then yeah, then, then leave it there. And if not, then you don't like you take it with you because it's, it's all again about frequency and that's where harmony comes from. And, you know, you know, that's just the idea behind it. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of my thoughts there.
4: No, I think, I think it does make sense. But the the problem though, I think for in many situations and I've, I've done this a lot of times too. It's not till after going back to what Keith was saying about, Oh, I, I just like, something's wrong about this person a lot of times is it's after the fact and then you look back and you're like man i knew something was up i felt it and you, but you're not allowed you are not allowed but you aren't able i should say to like put your finger on it and you're like oh I, but but you you felt it the whole time so I, I think a lot of times it takes reflection or maybe practice and maybe this is what you do jamal in your work is getting people to like habitualize this so that they become better at identifying where they're at on this, I don't know, what do you call it? Spectrum frequency spectrum. So Mm-hmm. 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 I, I don't know. I, I, I think the work you do is important to get people to realize those thought patterns.
3: Totally. Totally. No, I agree. I agree. And that's uh that I think that's, um, again, it goes, it goes beyond what's being said. And a lot of times to the energy behind it. And that is, again, that's upping the frequency. I think uh, was it wasn't Albert Einstein said, um, at one point he, I remember him saying, um, that you're not going to solve the world's problems um, with the same level of consciousness that created them. Mm -hmm. So um, there is something about that. I think that that kind of does speak to the same, you know, idea of frequency and uh, you have to go beyond it, you know? And again, I think this is what someone like mother Teresa would say, you know, you can't, you know, she would be invited to anti-war rallies. She's like, I'll never go to an anti-war rally, but invite me to your peace rally. Again, that's frequency. Mm -hmm. you, you can, you can be about peace or you can be against war, but they're not the same frequency. And yeah, even though they're both calling for the same thing.
0: Yeah. I, I think too, I think this is actually something that Jesus is, is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount when, um, when he's trying to present, uh, when he says, you know, think differently, right. He's, he's trying to get people to, um, Basically, they have a certain wavelength. They have a certain frequency. They're headed in a certain direction. And th- then his suggestion is to do this opposite thing, to stop what you're doing and do this other thing. And it's a different frequency. It's an opposite frequency. So instead of meeting violence with more violence, hey, I know what, try this thing you've never tried before. Respond to violence with love and with mercy and forgiveness. Um, and, and I think it is like this sort of a code shift. It's a, it's a, it is a shifting of the frequency. And by shifting the frequency, you're going to get a different result. You're going to create a change. And it's the only way you can. If you don't change the frequency, in other words, if you meet darkness with more darkness, if you meet violence with more violence, if you meet whatever is this negative energy that you want to change with just trying to have more of it or better versions of it um which is kind of what humanity does you're not going to solve that problem and i think that's what jesus that's one of the things i think jesus is trying to get us to take a step back and recognize that with the metanoia idea of stop and think differently um this other this thing you've been doing instinctively because i think it is an instinctive reaction right you insult me well i'll give it back to you you hit me well i'll show you uh you know like we give we we sort of return for, we 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 bounce we echo right we, we bounce back the frequency that we, we receive. And Jesus' suggestion is a very interesting one because it's take, take the frequency that, that is sent to you and send back a completely different frequency and then notice how things start to change.
4: That's, what, that's why I think he said, um, blessed are the peacemakers, not blessed are the peacekeepers. Yes. So because The peacekeepers is like, don't do this, don't do that. We need laws, we need order, we need rule. Yeah. And, okay okay fine that's a diff- that's a certain that is a certain energy brought to the situation but blessed are the peacemakers are those who go out and and it's it's more of a do not a do not it's more of this is how you make peace rather than a reaction to violence and and that's kept peace being kept but when you make peace it's not just the external it's not just the country it's not just the faith it's internally too it's peace inside. It's peace in my life. It's peace, peace in my thoughts. Not yeah. simply, not simply, not violent.
0: Yeah, and and because again, if you think about it too, in the context, um, they already, you know, in the first century, the Jewish people in Jerusalem already had a peace-keeping experience. So that's what Pax Romana was, and Pax Romana kept the peace under the threat of the sword and crucifixion. Um, those those are not really peace-making methods, right? Uh, so yeah, Jesus is totally suggesting a, a very different way uh, of approaching this uh, this idea. And it's a way of changing us and changing the world uh, in a pretty radical way.
4: Well, I think the world doesn't change unless we ourselves change. See, I, I, th- I think obviously, obviously this is a historical event, but I think if we want to think allegorically, we can be both Christ and the Jewish faith and we could be Rome. And so we have to have this like, this change in ourselves in order to be at peace, rather than simply uh, bringing one energy to the situation, learning how to see it through a different, more creative way in our own life. And then that can work in the literal outside, you know, like how I treat other people, how I treat, uh, how I come up with this situation, or come coming to this situation, how am I going to approach that? If it yeah. doesn't start inter- if it doesn't start internally, it's not going to be seen in, in the external.
0: Yeah, and Mary, you just quoted Mary Magdalene. There's was my Hallelujah. favorite, line, my favorite line from that movie. If you haven't seen it, by the way, I really do recommend it. There's a movie with, uh, called Mary Magdalene. Joaquin yes. uh, Phoenix plays Jesus. Is it Rooney Mara? Is not it? I think that's mm-hmm. Mary. Yep. Uh, and it's my favorite line from that movie is when she's she's arguing with Peter, and Peter's thing is like, "Well, we need to wait for Jesus to come back and fix this." And and Mary, who seems to get this idea of what we're talking about, no, this is Jesus' message, and she says. The world won't will not change until we change, and it's mm-hmm. like oh, thank you, God. That's that's it. That's that that sentence for me anyway just simplifies the whole thing. The world will not change until we change. Exactly.
4: That's Mary with a truth bomb. Hey Jamal, that's your yeah, girl.
3: That's right. That's right. Yes, that's and that that is actually the truth uh, in the sense of um, and that, again that's. Um, that w- that's a very different frequency <laughs> if I could use that word uh, than what typically is done in religious circles, so in religious circles it's like well, we want to change the world so so therefore you know then then we need to change other people, we need to make sure people you know agree with our message or whatever that kind of thing and Although I understand the importance of that and wanting people to be awakened and enlightened and all that kind of thing, that really can only happen as we um up our own frequency. And I think that is the, that was the message of Jesus. You know, that's why Jesus really would not be considered a traditional evangelist in, the, in that sense of the word. So, and again, it's, it's like, it's, uh, it's a, it's a totally different frequency. And again, you can't build empire and you can't build a religion around it. It's just, it's really about, that's one of the reasons I, I'm, and again, I'm biased because I'm a coach, but, um, I always tell people that when in my coaching work with folks is, especially, you know, if you're having relationship problems and everyone's like, people in my life suck or I got drama over here, I got this going on over here and that going on. And I understand it. I get it. Um, but ultimately it's like, well, how do I get out of it? And so a lot of times people want to change other people to make their own life better. And it's like, actually, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. When you up your frequency, when things change for you, um, it begins to change outside of you. And right. that's the crazy thought about it. It's like the, as, as water, as, as the, as the water rises in the harbor, all the boats rise. That's kind of how it works. That's countercultural. It doesn't, that's not how the world operates, but I do believe it to be sound.
0: Yeah. And you know what, friends, and I want you to really, people listening right now, I want you to listen to what I'm going to tell you, because this is, this is really important. We've upped our frequency, now up yours.
4: Oh, oh, oh Keith, uh, Keith, you're on fire today. <laughs> you are fire with those ones, man. I tell you what, it's almost like I don't want this episode to end, but alas, we have to end every episode. So here we are. I had a good time again. Uh just to remind everyone that we do have a website. We do have a store on there. Of course, we have a Mary Magdalene shirt. So
2: uh Excellent.
4: shout out to Mary Magdalene for um pimping the, the the OG. What is it? What do we call it? The OG Mary shirt. Yeah, Um, And we do have also a Facebook group. So if you're on Facebook, make sure you check out Heresy After Hours. Make sure you check out the Heretic Happy Hour podcast Facebook group.
0: Mm, That sounds yummy. And if you can't get enough of the Heretic Happy Hour podcast, and who can? You need to head over to the page. (laughs) Sorry, I'm making myself laugh. Oh, okay. Head over to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash heretic happy hour. And support the podcast because, dear God, we need your help. And plus, you get some awesome, awesome bonus extra stuff. Like we we when you go home, like you finish listening to this podcast, it ends, right? The, the music plays, you get on with your life. You know what? But well, we I want you to know when that happens, we are still sitting here recording bonus material just for you people. And you know why? Because, well, we love you. And we want you to support us on Patreon. So we're going to stick that over on Patreon. You're going to support us, uh, you know, on a monthly basis. We're going to give you all kinds of awesome, cool, amazing stuff. Woo-hoo! And we're going to let you into this really cool kind of private Facebook group. that No one gets in except, you know, you support us. And it's going to be awesome. So please make it happen.
4: It's like the Christian heaven.
0: <laughs> the Christian heaven? Is there another one? Like, <laughs> there's, there's more than one, right?
2: More than one.
3: Yes. And are we on... Is this my time to talk about iTunes? Well, I don't uh, know. Do we, have,
4: do we have no. iTunes?
3: Well, appar- apparently, the Heritage CAPIR has made the cut, and mm-hmm. uh, we were approved to be on iTunes. So that means you can rate us and review us.
0: Ah! Okay. And
3: so, if you haven't done that, if you're a listener to the show and you love the show, please rate us and review us. Only five stars.
4: Get on it. Are we, are we? What's our average? Are we like in the fourth least?
0: Oh, that's a good question. You know, I never go to IT No clue nor. I have no idea. No, I don't go
4: I don't read the comments. I've never looked at the stars. Well, will let our listeners do that and they can report back to us after they give us five stars.
0: People? Do people use
4: IT anymore? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, now.